since 2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into our episode at hand, we want to tell y'all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, thar social medias. Okay. First off, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like-ski on there. Give myself a like-ski, facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. You can also find us on Twitter at The Marvelists or at... The Marvelists. Because we got, you know, we got to have that echo in there too for oh. the. Um, um. Anyway, you can also find myself on the Twitter machine at Peter Melnick, and also you can go on Instagram, follow us collectively at The Marvelists. You can find us on there. You can find myself on Instagram at Peter Melnick, and yourself at Eddie nine one nine three. Also. Drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, you name them, we read them, we look at them, we just yeah, make paper airplanes out of them. If only. Only time, Enya. Oh, what year is that, Eddie? Uh, 91. No, it's like, I think 97. Uh, no. Disappointed. I'll go with you 92 or 3, but that's it. Okay, cool. Anyway. Maybe. Also, you can find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including ding, 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 ding. You can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, first and foremost. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Five star if you are ever so inclined. And when you do that, it helps out with the algorithm on iTunes. And I'm not talking about Al Gore playing the drums. I'm talking about the idea of, oh, I'm looking for a Marvel podcast. Golly gee willikers, this is my first time ever using iTunes. Uh, the Marvelists, and there, there's a Mark Ruffalo on there, and a Roger Corman, and a Robert Van Dam. Yeah. Okay. To name a few. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, it's a good show. Five star. And that's how people give reviews. But anyway... You can also find us on other iOS and Android devices, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, and the biggin' Spotify. Did I say Spotify? I probably did. Yes, you did now. Well, now it's double vision. But it's not vision, it's hearing, so I'm just rambling like an ass. But before we get into me really rambling like an ass, how can people listen to us Donkey. through Stitcher? <laughs> I did not expect a Shrek reference today, but... Well, when you're rambling like a you-know-what... You stop that. Anyway, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And when you do, people at home, you Whoa. get the theme song to Snoopy it's and Peanuts. Linus and Lucy. You know, Vince Garaldi... Yes, and his trio... We're just going to riff off of this. Like, I've, I don't even want this deleted from the episode because that's just perfect. But you know what Linus and Lucy used to like using? Stitcher. Because when you go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. You get one free month of Stitcher Premium. And it works for the Van Pelts. 
Why can't it work for you? And you know when she has her therapist is in things, she charges five cents. You know why she's charging him five cents, right? Nickels, nickels, nickels. Well, because capitalism. Because <laughs> it's because after the one month of free Stitcher Premium is over, it only costs four hundred and ninety nine pennies. Yeah. And you take all those pennies, you make them in nickels that she's using because she has to hear about the old blockhead with his yellow shirt, which I've always wanted one. I've always wanted one of those shirts. I love that design. I have one. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. It's part of the costume. <laughs> Good grief, Eddie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But when she takes all those nickels, she uses it to do her payment for Stitcher Premium, which is only four ninety nine a month after the first month is over. Free. Yeah, it's free for the first month, and if you like it, it's only 499 pennies. Yeah. And many nickels. Lot, not not nickels. as many. Yeah, it's not as many nickels as there are yeah. pennies. Yeah, about a fifth. <laughs> but I've been drinking. But <clears throat> a fifth? But people, it's only four ninety nine a month and it helps support the show when you end up signing up for the for the free month. So yeah. Stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And Eddie, at the end of this episode, we're gonna be joined by someone very special because this weekend of our recording is Big Apple Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And Big Apple Comic Con is a show that is Promoted by Michael Carbonero. You might see him at different Comic-Cons, you know, running around doing his thing. And Carbo brings a really good show. I've been going since 2015, I believe. And it's it's a hell of a show. There's a lot of really good guests. This year is one of my favorite people, Frank Cho. Frank is... He's known for his dinosaurs. You know, how he draws dinosaurs, how he draws really attractive women... He draws comics really, really cool. And that spans the spectrum now from... Dinosaurs and women. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he's gonna. they're going to have Frank Cho there. They're going to have the legendary Jim Steranko. You also have Tony Isabella, who is the man responsible for Black Lightning, as well as, I believe, Misty Knight. Okay. Misty Knight is a co-creation of Tony Isabella. He's also responsible for Black Goliath, and yeah, Tony Isabella rocks. You know, the the show, the Big Apple Comic Con, which is across from Madison Square Garden. At the Hotel Pennsylvania. Once you check out, you can still leave all as well. That's good to know. But I think, I don't know if it was under Mike's name or I know which direction. story you're going with, but. But before that, it was on, it was called the New York Comic Book Marketplace. So if some are familiar with that. Uh, iteration, which I think it was when I met Stan Lee. Yes, that, I knew you were going year. for that. So, yeah. But that's what it is now, Big Apple Comic Con. And, and there, uh, you may see random uh, ads on some of the cable TV networks leading up to the show and so on. You can't miss Mike either. He's He's got that or that persona, that, that flat, I don't want to say flashiness, but uh, big head of white, silvery hair, and uh, just running around like, uh, who is this guy? <laughs> If you don't, if you don't know, I've called him the rock star of comic promoters, comic show promoters, yeah. and it kind of helps because the man looks like Mick Jagger, so he's got that going a little bit. Yep, mm-hmm. he's got he's got that nineteen seventies flair to him a little bit. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, also at this show, you know, you get to see different actors. Mike Coulter of Luke Cage, which, by the way, I just finished the first season. I'm Ooh. now no longer that far behind, although. Everything's canceled, so, you know. And I've 
finally broken ground on Netflix with Daredevil. So there. And what do you think of it so far? It's really, really good. As I said in the text, and I really can't spoil it for you, you're never going to look at hallways the same way again. Uh, That's all I can say. But 25% into season one, here we go. On top of that, you also have William Shatner as the guest of honor. At this show, yes, at mm-hmm. this con. I believe Brett Spiner. Yes. Spinner? Spiner? One I, one N. There we go. That guy. He's going to be I'd there. go with Spiner, yeah. You might know him as Data from Star Trek. But also on a long-ago episode of Big Bang Theory, I believe, or at least mentioned. Yes, but Star Trek, most importantly. <laughs> True. But referencing to there as well. Boo, Big there. Bang Theory, boo. No. I don't like that show. Well, that's you. They're nerds. <laughs> Not that good nerds. But mm. anyway. It's a nice candy. <laughs> they are. I got to admit, that's a good candy. Mm-hmm. I like when they have the Pop Rocks in them, too. Oh. It's explosive. tangy and explodes in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Phrasing Peter. Anyway, so you can also, at this show, just like, there's, I believe, the actress who played Jessica Rabbit. She's going to be there. I don't remember her name offhand. Kathleen Turner? Yes, she's going to be there. Yeah. That's someone I never expected to see at a convention that she's going to be there. No, and a uh, a longtime actress from, I'm going to say the 70s even. And I couldn't make the connection until actually you just said so, Jessica Rabbit, as to, okay, well, how, how did this happen? But uh, yeah, that ought to be really cool. And like I was saying, you know, we've been going to this show for a long time, and as a matter of fact, we actually have audio on this episode that was recorded at Big Apple Comic Con last year with our special guest of this episode, the legendary Neil the Real Deal Adams. Mm. And in the interview, we talk about Marvel and, you know, his contributions to Marvel and whatnot, and just his thoughts on the movies, because on my old show, Audibly Exquisite, I did an interview with him, and Neil pulled no punches back on his discussion of Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. Mm. Needless to say, he pulled no punches with DC again in this interview. And this, I believe, this interview was conducted a little while before Infinity War. So if you're hearing things like, we don't know what's going to happen in Infinity War, we did not fall into a time vortex. This is just an interview that we have so much audio content for the show that has not been released yet. We're sitting on a lot of stuff that we can't wait for you all to hear. Just pre-snap stuff, that's all it is. Yeah, and... Eddie, there's even stuff on this show that's going to be coming soon from 2017. Mm, Wow. So stay tuned, true believers. But Eddie, since the last time we recorded... In Marvel Manor. Not many things have happened, but enough of noteworthiness has. Yes. Let's talk about the big thing going on right now. Since this month is Marvelous March, what movie's coming out this week? Captain Marvel. And as of this recording at 9.05 p.m. March 5th. On March 5th, the year of our Lord, 2019. A.D. Thank you. Captain Marvel is residing with an 84% fresh rating. It's slipped down a little bit since I earlier saw today at 89. But, and that's a big but, it is fresh. And there's a lot of people going online. This is a movie that they removed audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes because people have been brigading saying, I hate this movie because of Brie Larson. She's a racist. She's a this. She's a that. Have you been hearing some of this stuff? No. 
and it's not intentional. You're lucky. I'm not delving into if there's a negative headline somewhere or anything like that. But I want to know, now that you're bringing this up, are the naysayers and the haters saying it should be such and such a name playing this role? No. Anything like that? No. Oh. Well, they can go poop themselves or whatever. I love you. <laughs> but anyway, the thing with these people is they're also going on saying, because during one interview, Brie had made the comment that when she wants to do the press tour for this movie, she would prefer it to be people of color, not just white, straight white guys, I guess. You know, whatever. She'd like it to be a diverse group of people. Well, a lot of people in their basements with their keyboards were getting mad. I can understand elements of, well, you shouldn't have said that. But she's saying everybody, not just one kind of person. Not saying, like, we don't want you here. No, she's saying, I want more than just that. Yeah, she, yeah, at its base level, probably did not need to say that because of it being taken out of context and just go through the channels of setting up the PR and selecting the ones that she, she would prefer to do. Yeah. Um, you know, equal opportunity or otherwise, whatever the right phrasing would be for that, and availability and all that all that stuff that you go on with this with this PR tour to get it ramped up. So just go out there and do it. And, and this is a movie that's been having a lot of attacks done on it. Mm-hmm. My uh, favorite one was people were mad about the initial trailer because she didn't smile. Okay, she's supposed to be the stereotypical female that uh, smiles and looks pretty. Eddie, she's in intergalactic war. Warrior, golly gee she's whiz. a warrior, yes. Yeah. When I'm hearing these people going on saying, why isn't she smiling enough? Why isn't she doing this? Because she's seeing mass genocide in outer space. Yeah. Oh, golly gee whiz. Not, you not know happy I times here. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought of a joke I heard on uh, my favorite sitcom the other night. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, she's just going to randomly crack a smile or a joke in the middle of it. It's a Marvel movie. I get it. But. Yeah, no. You, man, remember? You know, I love Gail Simone's tweet. Uh, Gail Simone was responsible for a lot of books at Marvel and currently writes for the Distinguished Competition. And one of the comments she wrote on Twitter was, you know, the Punisher would be a lot prettier if he smiled. Oh, good. We need that comment. Sure. <laughs> well, look, Black Widow. When does she smile? When it's appropriate. Yes. All right. Pepper Potts may be more inclined to, maybe, but, but a lot on her t- shoulders also. What you're bringing up is the whole concept of she's more prone to smiling or whatever. She's more of this personality because that fits her persona. She's a much more energetic kind of person. Hmm. Or not energetic, but more like, you know, friendlier. Captain Marvel yeah. is a soldier. I know female soldiers, and many of them are not golly gee whiz, look what's going on in my life. You know? No, exactly. So it's silly to go with that. Then there was the meme of how Brie Larson has no ass, according to one image, <laughs> where they took a shot and immediately just did that. And I'm like, really? She didn't show much emotion in one trailer, or the first trailer. Because they were showing her punching and kicking things. How many emotions can you get while, like, you know, I'm going to punch something and show apathy while I'm doing it. You know what? The most upsetting thing about any of the trailers, I think the first trailer was the shock of seeing her on the subway hitting a seated old woman. 
But you, but again, you didn't know right away. It was a scroll. Yeah, but again, when there was you some see emotion that, on her face when she was doing that too. It was kind of angry. Well, yeah, but when you see that, also, it's like, why did she punch that old woman? If you right. really think she's just gonna go up, you know, punching the wigs off of little old ladies, I don't think that's the plot of the movie. Although that would make a very interesting movie: mm. the adventures of Captain Marvel flying in space and beating up the elderly. Like, no. but like that, you know that like. Do you know the one weakness of Green Lantern is yellow, the color yellow for a while? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Turns out the geriatrics are the one weakness of, you know, Captain Marvel. This joke went nowhere. Uh, correct. And I'm not talking <laughs> about the planet nowhere in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and, uh, you know, uh, comics. The K-N-O-W, but yes. There we go. <laughs> but let's see, what else have they complained about this movie? Because this has been very reminiscent of the backlash of The Last Jedi. Oh, my fi- my favorite thing recently has been the they're paying the critics. Oh, that's being said about yeah, to pipe to pump up the movie, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the one one person responded back to filmmaker Brian Lynch by saying, "Well, they get invitations and free gifts and this and this to butter up so they get a good review." <sighs> well, one person made the comment of again, they're paying for this. They're paying for good reviews. To which I responded back to this person. They said, I see Disney paid them. So I responded with, I see Disney paid them. I included the link to A Wrinkle in Time, The Nutcracker, and The Four Realms, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 through 5, which there's that many Pirates of the Caribbean movies, apparently. I was not aware of that. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. The Lone Ranger, and John Carter. And I forgot to include Tron Legacy, but all Disney movies... But because I I just don't get it. Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I really only saw parts of it, of both of the uh, Lone Ranger and John Carter. I, I, by the way, I liked Lone Ranger. They still were not a critical commercial success, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah, they John Carter was Disney's biggest bomb. Okay. It was that because uh, off topic of you know Captain Marvel and all that, but when you make a movie called John Carter. What is the subtitle of John Carter? Warlord from, of Mars. Which is the more exciting name? John Carter or Warlord of Mars? Yeah, they only included, I think, John Carter. John Carter is the name of a, an accountant. <laughs> right. John Carter is the name of a butcher. But I think, well, correct me, they, John Carter is what they promoted the movie title as. Correct. That's it. But why couldn't they have put John Carter, comma, Warlord of Mars? Because you see, you're saving that up for sweet sequels. Oh, yeah. Like, in all honesty, that probably was their logic behind that. All right. But we're going off on a tangent about this. Anyway, Captain Marvel's getting good reviews, and I'm really happy about that. I'm happy because it means, yet again, Marvel put out a good movie. We don't know for ourselves, though. We, you know, I don't like letting reviews sway my opinion, but I am excited to know okay, I kind of follow the critic mindset. Like, you know, you follow, like, a certain critic, and you're like, okay, I relate to them. Certain critics that I'm a fan of, they're agreeing with what I said, and their track record is the same as mine. Cool, so I'm I'm kind of excited for this. I'm very excited about it, especially since the trailers that have been out have been, I think, excellent and superior. They've been really, really good. And amazing and spectacular. I, I stopped there. And so. Marvel team-up. You're thinking of our weekday themes now, Peter aren't you? Peter Parker. Yes. 
Another name with friendly Peter. neighborhood. <laughs> I'm beating a dead horse mm. into glue, but nay. The the movie it's getting good reviews and I'm I'm kind of excited again because there to be completely honest every Marvel movie that gets ready to come out I do have a little bit of apprehension because is this going to be the moment where the movie sucks you know because you gotta like twenty movies right now with Ant Man and the Wasp that's kind of a really good track record of solid movies like even the worst ones are good. Or passable at best. Iron Man. I agree. Three and Thor: The Dark World and Incredible Hulk. Okay, and you had to name names. I did. I named names. Shook. Some, I rattled some cages. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But even when you go back and and at least for one movie, doing a Facebook post saying "Please don't suck. Please don't suck." Yeah. And I forgot which one you did that for specifically, but maybe it was a Guardians. Guardians 2, possibly. No, no, no. Guardians 2 was... Before you saw it? I'm sitting in costume, excited, because I'm like, you know what? It is going to be good. It is going to be good. That was the one I was not. Ant-Man, maybe, because I remember when Ant-Man was supposed to come out. I was ap- I was very apprehensive. Because I thought to myself, and the first Guardians, I thought, well, these aren't really proven characters. Mm-hmm. What if they get bad reviews? That's going to suck. And they didn't. Hooray! Hooray. And now on to things we hope don't suck. Well, X-Men Dark Phoenix just had its latest trailer drop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it up to you. I did think it was good. I certainly thought it was a trailer. Okay. Because <laughs> they're only going to do so much with it, but I think the way they composed it was different than any than others that I've seen before. A very quick series of shots before it said, "X Men: Dark Phoenix official trailer." Yeah, the trail that we saw, and Sony's been doing that a lot lately with their Spider Man trailers. The same with Venom. Venom had that where it's, "We're going to show five quick seconds of this, even though you're going to see it again in a minute." <laughs> yeah, I I don't get it. I, I I know I'm watching the trailer. I've seen the trailer. Or I'm about to see the trailer. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that episode of The Simpsons where Millhouse is watching Itchy and Scratchy. When are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? When are they gonna get to the damn trailer? I just want the damn trailer already. Yeah, and then after the trailer's done with Dark Phoenix, is the af- an after trailer? Scene, yeah, where they say, which seemed to drag, I guess, a bit until it just abruptly ends. So I'm not sure if that was for me. For me, perhaps the weakest part of the trailer. And then they got to the fireworks factory. Well, so you say. But. I've yet to experience that. Going to a fireworks factory? Yeah. Goes off with a bang. If it gets that hey, far. This guy. That's a snap. That's not a bang. It's... <laughs> but yeah, I. Talk I'm about blowing out your levels. You want that? Stop that. Um, Hashtag John Sherburn. Hashtag Jeremy Bagley. All the hashtags. All the time. But with this movie, I'm I'm not ex- I, I'm I'm more excited for New Mutants than I am this. You still Oh boy. Yeah. In due time. It just it doesn't have me that excited for this. For Dark Phoenix. Because one, we've gotten Dark Phoenix on film and 
It's funny. A lot of people are already burned out on the concept of Dark Phoenix as a movie when this is only the second time it's been done. That is correct. And it's also with this younger batch of mutants, of X-Men. And here's the thing about Professor Xavier students, yeah. In a lot of ways, they... Because there are certain X-Men stories you can't do because of the characters being tied up over at Marvel Studios. And I feel... Yes, you're going to go back to the same stories over and over again because unless you can license out other characters, you can't do it. Right. It's all in the licensing. Exactly. So, Like you can't do House of M. Okay. You can't do insert movie or story here. Remember that one? <laughs> that was a great one. Where did you pull that one out of? But I I just don't know. I think the idea of doing the tried and true Claremont stuff does make sense. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it will get tiring. Like I, you know, other than his stuff, you have Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. But do you think when the characters go over to the MCU when they reboot this because they are going to do it? Do you think we're going to see Days of Future Past redone? Do you think we're going to see God Loves, Man Kills done again? Do you Done think, again? Yeah, because God Loves, Man Kills was X-Men 2. I'd have to go back and reread that. Okay, I was thinking of that of that possibility being done. And how about the Inferno storyline? Did they do it as a... They didn't do it as a movie. I'm but thinking I, of what other areas could be picked up, and again, that needs to be refreshed in my brain and reread. And Inferno, you would need other MCU characters, so you really yes, can't do Magic, it. Yes, Magic, Ilyana, Rasputin, I believe, being one. Well, no, she's she's um, a Fox character. She's actually going to be making her debut in New Mutants. So there, okay. And then immediately just retconned. Okay. I feel going into these two new movies, though, we go see this awesome, and it's going to be retconned in a week so what does the movie we see matter but then again all these people that you know put their all into these movies I understand that but for continuity's sake what's the point you know contractual obligations well no no, I'm not talking about that I'm talking about for us as viewers like what is the point of watching this then when it's not going to matter you know compare and contrast I guess which of these do not belong (laughs) it just it bums me out knowing that there's all of this content, and it's going to be going the way of the dodo real soon. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, I believe, excluding Deadpool, the first time we've seen an X-Men movie that does not feature Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. And, okay. Because as well, far as we gonna... know, he's gone. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Although this movie takes place before Logan. And it can. And by the way... Sure. Do you know that can can happen? New Mutants without Logan? Sure. Supposedly, this movie takes place in the 1990s. How are they going to explain how these characters still look young? They still look the same like they did in the 1960s, 70s. That's one of those curious things. No, no, not New Mutants. I'm talking about uh, Dark Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, like, how are you going to explain that? Like... Mm -hmm. Where the ki- where Cyclops looks just like he did in the first film. In the first film, yeah, you know, yeah. 
and the premise is, well, when you said the 90s, I said, wait a minute, this is, I thought, the setting for the Captain Marvel movie, also the 90s. 95. Yeah. I'm curious about this. I'm really curious about what this is going to entail for us, the audience. Because otherwise, there's not much, you know, that's going to be wanting to make you want to go see it again and again. And to drop a timeline bomb, when we back up... Probably literally. Let us back up to to the only time reference to this song by Enya, the year's 2001. (laughs) The second time... You actually looked it up? (laughs) I did. Wow, you were really off when you said 192. (laughs) Yeah, and you had 97. I did. You were close enough without going over. You may have to. You may win your showcase if the price I, is right. I was right. going to say showcase showdown. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so <laughs> see, folks, this is the prime content you come to for the Marvelists. Price is right references and Anya. Prime. <laughs> but there is a lot of different things going on with Marvel. The big rumor this past week that was perpetrated by Bleeding Cool and pushed even further because of Cosmic Book News. Ooh. The only time they were accurate was when they quoted our article, or our interview with Mark Ruffalo, by the way. Oh, quoted correctly? one time they told the truth. Uh, okay. But Cosmic Book News recently reported that Marvel Studios, or Marvel and Disney were going to be shutting down their comics division. Oh, boy. That was fake news, people. Fake news. That was fake news. And could you ever imagine a day when Marvel doesn't have comics? No. I can't see that because regardless of anything, comics are still going to be a thing for them. Uh, yeah, backbone of the industry. So to to even start a rumor like that is ridiculous. And trying to trying to get some spotlight, some attention yeah. to themselves, I Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's the ability to get clicks. And that rumor got so big that Joe Casada ended up going on saying, yeah, you know that's BS, right? So to see people going on saying, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, I'm, you know, they're going to destroy the comics. No, they're not. Who even thought of that? Cheap shot. And it was funny because even Fabian Nicieza he was going on saying, wait, you're really believing effing comic book or cosmic book news? <laughs> and that my one problem with them as a website is they will always find a way to shoehorn in one thing. And, the, and they did it in the comic book article, you know, of Marvel closing. They shoehorned in this. Wah, wah, Abna and Lanning are no longer writing cosmic Marvel, Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guys, the books are done. Get over it, please. There's a lot of, like, I love Chip Zdarsky writing Spectacular Spider-Man. He's not writing it anymore. I'm not burning an effigy of, you know, Marvel Marvel comics and saying, bring back the Zdarsk. Hmm. No. E. <laughs> Thank you. But it's... You're welcome. It, it's kind of crazy to just make such a big deal and, yeah. like, Get over it. It's done. The movie's over. Go home. Deadpool. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> correct. Well, we're both correct. Yes. And I mean, you're wearing flannel, so it kind of looks like the uh, bathrobe. Uh, yeah, okay. 
It's cold. Now, on to another topic at hand, Eddie. Sure. No, namely? You went to bathrobe. Went to, went to, where, we, where would you like me to topic? Where would you like me to topic? Hot topic, yes. So, as of this recording, we are a couple weeks removed from Toy Fair. I got to experience that, and you're going to hear it on our bonus episode that we recorded with Jason Hilton of Pop Rocks over in Rochester, but... One of the biggest takeaways for me was how nothing was spoiled for me for Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I'm both beyond ecstatic about that and completely frustrated <laughs> because friend of the show Mitch Halleck of the Power Cosmic Podcast, and yes, we passed the muster, Mitch. Ha ha ha. Inside joke. But... He told me beforehand, you are going to get so many movies spoiled for you. And I kind of got some shows spoiled for me. I got Game of Thrones spoiled for me minorly. But I don't even remember what it was that I looked at. So, haha, joke's on you. <laughs> but throughout the entire time, I went over to Lego's area, talked to the people at Lego, got a tour of the booth. And what I was told was, we are only allowed to show you things that are currently on store shelves. And it was funny because the only thing that they had available for you to look at was the Spider-Man sets that are currently available. And not Spider-Man Far From Home, just Spider-Man with Spider-Man 2099, regular Spidey, Green Goblin, Miles, Spider-Gwen, Venom, etc. Mm-hmm. All the popular characters. Well, it's the big show. No, um, well, I'm looking at all this, and I was curious because... Captain Marvel stuff is on store shelves. There's a Captain Marvel playset. And it wasn't available. I'm like, why is that not here? I go to Hasbro's big event. And again, I don't know if I told this on the Toy Fair episode, but I'm going to do it again. This was how Hasbro announced the Avengers stuff. In 2019, Fox will be releasing X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and the New Mutants. Here are some of the toys. They show some of the toys. And then immediately after that, they go... And in April of 2019, Avengers Endgame comes out, and you hear a murmur from the crowd like, oh, oh, what are they going to show? And then there's five seconds of silence, and they just hear, anyway, in August, Spider-Man Far From Home. And it kind of broke my heart, because I'm just like, man, I wanted to see more. Yeah. And didn't happen. Then we ended up going over to the Funko booth, took a look at a lot of the stuff there. And again, I, I talked to people there, why isn't there anything? And I was explained why. Marvel put out an embargo, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about a boat, because it sounds like a boat, yes, but it, it isn't, right? It does, see? Mm-hmm. Words are fun, aren't they? Yes, they are. But Used in the right context and properly. Correctly, and using the proper pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I do that rarely. <clears throat> but when I was going over there, I'm looking at the stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is, it all makes sense now. And one of the coolest things that I got to see at Toy Fair was from Hasbro, and I got to see my favorite thing there, the X-Men toys that are going to be coming out. And if you've seen the Hasbro toys, like the 1990s ones, of like the, they had like an orangish red ba- card back for the superheroes, and then like mm-hmm. a purple one for the bad guys. They're doing a whole wave of the characters. They had Silver Samurai, and it's the 1990s style packaging. Okay. Cyclops with the optic blast. Like the first time ever they're making optic blasts for a Marvel Legends figure of him. Very cool. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. Like these 
are so friggin' cool. And to be able to see a lot of this stuff, a lot of these characters done in this interpretation, that's cool. Like, that's really freaking cool. I think 90s also is the uh, company Toy Biz. Yes, the, the Toy Biz. It's in the style of the Toy Biz figures. Okay. Because it's not in the style of the figures, but the packaging. And if you go to, you know, your local comic shop, there are actually certain shops are selling the Marvel Legends with the 1990s card backs. Yeah. There's a wave going on right now with Black Panther, Ant-Man, Wasp, uh, Scarlet Spider, and Vision. And someone else, because I think there were six figures. Did you say Black Panther? Yes. I think Hawkeye. Yes, Hawkeye. Okay. And there was- The price point is a little, I think a little steep. You go to like a shop, or not shop, right? Walmart, Toys, or I was going to say Toys R Us. Wow. If you go to uh, Target or Walmart, they're about like 18 bucks. Okay, then what I saw was more. Yeah, because like manufacturers suggested retail price is twenty five, twenty eight. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're getting, you got to get them at a toy shop. What are these, a, like 10, 8 or 10 inches long? About, uh, I think, 8. Yeah, so I don't my thing is this, with the Marvel Legends, they are worth it. Mm-hmm. And the the sculpts have gotten much, much better. During the initial, I believe, Black Panther wave, they had like an alternate head for him where it's the unmasked version. Okay. And it does not whatsoever look like Chadwick Boseman. And it was really disappointing. Well, okay. And they just released a new wave of the figures, the Black Panther wave too, because they're like, Oh, we only thought of releasing one. We better release a second wave because people actually do love this movie. <laughs> they did a second wave, and it comes with an unmasked uh, T'Challa, mm-hmm. and it looks like him. Okay. And I sent you the picture. When we went to the Hasbro thing afterwards, they gave us goodie bags, and I got a free Nick Fury figure, and it looked like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And I don't know if... Have you seen the Paul Rudd Ant-Man figure? Mm, I don't think so. Now I have to send this to you because I'm surprised you have not seen this. I'm going to send you a text. Look at that, Paul Rudd. It looks that just is like him. Really? Yeah. It's got the smirk. Yeah, that's the Paul Rudd smirk, and well done. Yeah, in my opinion, Hasbro does an amazing job with how they construct these figures. Because otherwise, you know, you look at them and like the early versions of the Hasbro ones. They're not much to write home about, but then they get those complaints, those criticisms from fans, and they're like, all right, but what can we do to make it better? Yes. The Star-Lord figure from the initial Guardians of the Galaxy wave looks okay, but then you plop on the new head, looks fantastic from Guardians Volume 2 and onward. So to be able to see how they have improved their style is cool, and... I collect Marvel Legends, but only certain characters, you know, because I can't buy every single wave. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because I look at them, I'm like, one, it's a $20 action figure, 20 a pop for an entire set. I'm good. <laughs> I broke. Yeah, so I will, I will pass on many of these. But when they make characters, versions of characters I really love, I've been eyeing it for the longest time now, 1970s Dazzler. With the roller skates and everything, mm-hmm. it looks just like her. Like obviously, it's cool because it's a cartoon. But the figure looks so freaking cool. And they actually just announced that they're doing 1980s Dazzler. 
where she's got the blue outfit, the, the blue headband. with the uh, yellow stars on it, or the big star. And we when we went to the uh, presentation from Hasbro, that got a, a big reaction. Positive. Yeah. Okay. Like the oh the crowd like practically gave a standing ovation for a toy. Wow, that's very cool. The 1970s Dazzler, though, that had had the face makeup on? Yes. With sort of the mask painted on there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. And they do deep cuts with figures. Like, they will do, like, little references that only the hardcore fans will notice. I like that about the uh, Marvel Legends. And I'm actually hoping... Like, there's certain sets that I really want to look into. Like, I'd love to see them do more Alpha Flight characters as Marvel Legends. Because they've done Sasquatch as a build-a-figure where, you you know, you got to buy an entire wave and put yeah. the parts together. That's where they really get you. I'm kind of not a fan of that, but I understand. Like, I wanted to get the entire uh, X-Men wave that had Warlock. Because hmm. that figure oh. looked freaking amazing. And there's only I've actually only done one build-a-figure where I bought an entire wave because that whole set was on sale. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, I own the Build-A-Groot. And, like, the Groot mm-hmm. is about, I think, 12 to 14 inches compared to all the other Marvel Legends. I think the one figure that in Alpha Flight that you would have no problem with would be... I know be, what you're uh, going to say. Puck. Yeah. And Otherwise, think, you need a micro... If you want to separate his parts, forget it. You need a microscope. It's funny, too, because some of these characters, they've done, like, really cool-looking ones. Like, they've done deep cuts. Like, my favorite one recently has been Spider-Ham. And Spider-Ham, now he's not a deep-cut character because of Spider-Verse. But the way they did Spider-Ham was so cool. So I'm excited to see what they can do next, you know? Okay. You're going to cut up a ham and just, you know. Stop that. (laughs) So now, before we wrap this episode up, let's jump on over to our interview at Big Apple Comic Con 2018 with Neil Adams. And that interview is coming up right no. This is day two of Big Apple Comic Con, and we are joined right now with the legend of the Silver Age of comic books. He is a man who is responsible for how we see the Cape Crusader Batman. He is responsible for how we see characters such as the X-Men. That 250 gets me on the subway. Damn right, damn right. Damn right. The thing about... Uh, Marvel is that you have the impression that Marvel has a lot of characters, right? Yeah. They don't. They don't. In fact, uh, they're going through a process now trying to relocate and bring back their characters. But they didn't have, when they started out with Disney, they had Avengers and nearly nothing. I mean, they basically licensed out all their characters. So when they had to search around for what they can do as movies, what did they have? Exactly. So you get Star Wars. I mean, you like, what, why would anybody do that? I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. It's a, it's a terrible, it's a terrible property. It was a terrible property. Uh, it was, it was. Uh, by the way, you know, I mean, there are so many. You got Spider-Man. You got Fantastic. You got all these characters. Well, they licensed them all out. Unlike DC Comics, they didn't license really anything out. Maybe they, maybe something. I don't know, but. Because of that, they, I'm sorry about tapping the table. Uh, because of that, they, they really had no, I mean, what they did is they took the Avengers and they broke them up into team, into individual movies. Then they brought them together as a team, so it's like multiplying the little you have. 
but they had little. So you're you're in a, you're in a uh, terrible uh, fix because. You have no characters. Here's DC Comics with all the characters in the world. Most of them not very good. Um, and 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 here you you've made an association with Disney. And what are you going to do? So you go scrape the bottom of the barrel, and there you get Star Lord. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And they made a fantastic movie. They, they just kick an ass like crazy. Everything they do works. And I, I know mean, we, we watch we watch uh, DC Comics uh, movies, and we go, we go and we pray. <laughs> Please do something good, something decent. And they never do. They, you know, they got Wonder Woman. You got one, two of the three Batman movies. Apparently, they had to get a license to Spider Man. Yeah, they. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, but but they're doing it, and you know you've got a big company like uh, Disney behind you. You know it's going to be hard to argue with Disney quite too much. If they got the money to to buy a license, you're probably going to make more money off Disney buying a license from you than you are trying to make the movie yourself. Because I mean, you have uh, you have a company making Hulk. They made two Hulks that were terrible. Universal. Yeah, and then uh, and then they put uh, and then they put the Hulk in the Avengers movie. It was fantastic, you know. They, yeah, but so it's. Uh, I just think that they know how to make movies better, and, and DC Comics hasn't caught on yet. When we did our, uh, you know, review of Incredible Hulk, that's still, to me, it's an okay movie, but it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then you get Ruffalo in there, and he knocks it out of the park. And I I met him in person, and he's, like, such a quiet, humble guy. Yeah. And... He, well, he's perfect for Bruce Banner, then, you know? And he's a humble guy. It's just like the description of Bruce Banner. He's the right size, too, yeah. you know what I mean? What, what, it's, it's a little hard to tell what size he is, but he's fine. So, I, I don't know. I think, overall, we're getting some cool stuff. And, like, when I, when I interviewed you a couple of years back around the time of Batman v Superman, Poland Dawn of Justice, we ended up having, you know, a conversation about how we're getting all these actors... And, I, you know, I lovingly said they're getting drafted into the cinematic football teams, you know? Yeah, they are. And, yeah, like, we're getting some also but getting... But I wish, that, I wish that DC team was working a little better. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you hear things, you know, like, for example, with DC, with, like, the Shazam movie, yeah. you know? And I remember hearing at one point they don't want to go for that much of a humorous tone or something. And I'm like, really? You're going to do that to that movie? But meanwhile, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Ragnarok... Comedic. I don't I know. get it. I know. Even when nothing, nothing, nothing in comics in the superhero vein is funnier than than uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. You got a tiger in a in a in a lounge coat. You got a worm <laughs> coming out of a book. I mean, you got Savannah who looks like the Red Skull. You know. I mean, he just and. This is a great opportunity to do a different kind of movie, and they just don't get it. It was, and I feel like the closest thing was going to be Suicide Squad, and then they ended up saying, "Hey, we're just going to give the uh, editing duties to the guys who did the trailer that was really good." Come on. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how they run that company, and you know, I, I'm, I'm for them. I, yeah, like, same here. I'm, I'm, I'm for. I want them to do well. I want it to be DC against Marvel, um, and and I keep hoping, but you know, we get. A woman director who does Wonder Woman, and she does a great job. And you sit back and you go, okay, did, what, did somebody put her in a hole somewhere and, and, and never talk to her so she did a fantastic job? Is that what happened? And is that what you need to do with DC? At Marvel, they all seem, they, you know, it's one of those, like, it's a committee, 
but it works. Yeah, it's like it's like Disney's uh, Star Wars division. They have the storyteller group, and they do their own thing. And like yeah. they're they're getting like Marvel writers, I believe. Uh, maybe, maybe Dan Slott is involved. That people like that. It. That may be it. I I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you the answer, uh, but I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't even see Batman in a good costume. We got one of the best looking guys in Hollywood with a square jaw and everything, and they put him in a costume. And they scrunch his cheeks so he looks like he's... And they put him in this... You know, no offense, because I love Frank Miller. He's like a son. But they put him in this pseudo-Frank Miller outfit, as if he's 25 years older. Yeah. Where, where's that? Do a movie in the future and do the Frank Miller movie. Don't try to bring it now back in time. Give him a little gray at the temples and pretend... He needs that costume. He needs to be athletic. It's, what is going on? It's cliche fan casting, but honestly, a Michael Keaton Batman Dark Knight Returns movie would be amazing. No. Really? I'm sorry. I'd have to put a bullet in your head. Michael well, Keaton did a good villain, and Michael Keaton's a good actor. He never was Batman. He never should have been Batman. You need... Ben Affleck is a terrific Batman. Oh, I agree. Put him in a Batman costume. You know, don't scrunch his face and give... He's athletic. The guy looks like looks great, and you put they put a there's a there's one scene where he comes out onto this like platform inside this terrible place, and he steps out onto the platform. He's got one of these cosplay Batman costumes on, and the stomach muscles are cloth, right? And they stick out they stick out in front of him like three inches. Yeah. What the hell is that? Really? I also think unbelievable. These like for example the CGI. Whatever happened to spandex? You know, spandex with armor. Well, I always like also go with the one scene in Justice League where it's like the introduction of Batman in that movie and it looks like he just came out of a really bad video game. Like you see like the bad CGI background, I'm like, this is terrible. All the shooting Superman from down shots. Down shots on Superman? It's Superman. Yeah. He's dark. No, he's not dark. He's day. Batman's night. Is this hard to understand? Exactly. What is so hard to understand about that? Superman is day, Batman is night. Superman is bright and optimistic and positive. Batman is dour and revengeful. Hello, just that's it. Leave it alone once that's done. No, now suddenly Superman is dour and vengeful, except when he's in bed with Lois. Then he's happy as a, as a pig in poop. Right, what that, that's the only scene where he's like, he's, he's happy. From the rest of the movie on, he's, he, there's not a smile on his face. The guy looks good when he smiles. Then they put the goose grease on his hair. Oh, God. What the hell is that? Where did you get that? Is that Vaseline petroleum jelly? Is that what that is on his hair? The guy, he does interviews on television, and he's got his hair blown dry, and it looks great, you know? Like, that's what he ought to look like. Hello. And the Superman, like, put grease in his hair? I don't think so. And the one thing is, you know, going over... Oh, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Going over to the Marvel side of things, you know, we have these stories where it's... We're building up to, like, the Infinity War, and it took them 10 years, but it was perfect pacing. We got perfect character development. Actually, we're really building up in the end to Green Scroll. So that's what I actually came here mainly to ask you about. So... You gotta know. That's 10 years of movies. Minimum five years, but 10 years. Well, let's say that the Disney-Fox deal doesn't go through. and go through. Well, let's say it takes longer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't they've know. got the Infinity War to play with. What I want to know is this, because I've said it in the past. I actually talked to you know Jim Starlin about it, I believe, and we you know had talked about like the idea of bringing Galactus and people like that. But let's say that doesn't happen. 
I think the Kree Scroll War should happen, and sure. it, but it will. Where? How can it not happen? You got you got scrolls that turn into human beings. The guy the guy who's standing next to you could be a scroll. Suddenly transforms into a scroll. He can become super scroll. You got all of this stuff available to you. You have Earth in the middle of an intergalactic war, and they're like the midpoint between this intergalactic war between these civilizations of supermen and scrolls. Who is not going to do that? You can just like throw it on a table with 15 writers and say, just go to town. Whatever you want to do, go crazy. There's it, that, this is 10 years of movie. Movies. And imagine like. Because we're also hearing with the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy movie in 2020, it's going to be a completely new lineup after that movie. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hate that thought. I hate that so thought. So do I. Oh, I don't want to. Please, the, same, same lineup. I'm because sorry. The one thing we actually... I would kill you. We did a podcast last night, our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 episode, and John Gorg of Carmine Street Comics brought up the point, you know, the whole family dynamic of them. And... They're almost like an outcast renegade group version of the Fantastic Four, a family they're, that does They're adventures. like shit turned into into like gold. Yeah, this they're they, they're wonderful. All of them wonderful. You like, please just stay on the screen forever. Yeah, I will watch you forever. You will make billions and billions of dollars. Stay on the screen. And when you see like character like. If you told me Drax the Destroyer would be one of the most quotable characters in a movie, I know, I know. It's, it's great. Big Dave Batista. He just he, I know. he gets it, and he's great. Dave is fantastic. Dave is like the Rock. You know, you could put the two of them together and and say, okay, who's the most quotable guy? I don't know. I'm you know normally I say the Rock, but you know I got to say Dave. Dave is great. You know, these guys are fantastic. Both these guys. And I mean, as a professional wrestling fan, looking at Big Dave from his wrestling days, he was entertaining then. That's right, of course. And see, you know, it's it's kind of cool being like, you know, the little. Uh, hip- yeah, I get dragged into his wrestling stuff by my sons. They're like, oh, that's Dave Batista, Dad. Don't you know who Dave is? Yes, I know. I got it. I, and I've always found it funny. Like, there's, like I said, you know, there are so many actors in Hollywood. That you know, we would love to see cross over into Marvel. So many wrestlers. I like to see that, some wrestlers. I want to see John Cena. I want to see John Cena too. I wouldn't hate seeing John Cena as Captain America. Just saying. Oh. I'm just saying. I mean, that the guy who's playing Captain America, he wants to quit, right? He wants to be a director. Throw John Cena in there. See, I he's I, made to be Captain America. He would have been a good nuke as well. The one from uh, Born Again, Daredevil Born Again. I'm just saying. He's so powerful, okay, that he can knock off 20 pounds and strip down and be lean and mean and great and he can be Captain America. He is Captain America. Isn't he really in real life? He's Captain America. And he's got that... Per- he, he's got that attitude. He's got that smile. He's got, you know... He's the guy who has the most make-a-wish visits, you know? I'm saying. So, I don't know. But before we go... What we want to know is how can people get a hold of you on social media, Facebook, Twitter? NeilAdams.com. It's so hard. NeilAdams.com. NeilAdams.com. Neil, as always. Remember my name. Easy as pie. Very cool. Neil, as always, an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, now, major, major thank you to Neil Adams for guesting on the show a year ago, but still, you know, on the show. Major Neil, thank you. 
when you see him at a show, walk on up to him, say, Neil, love your work, shake his hand, thank him for his contributions to the comic book industry for many, many different reasons. One of which, by the way, is for helping Simon and Schuster get the attention and respect they deserve with their character over at the Distinguished Competition. Kal-El. That guy Clark. Yeah. Mr. Kent. For the Daily Planet. Clark, if you feel nasty. Several decades. What we're getting at is Superman, people. Yes. (laughs) And, yeah, he's a man who's responsible for a lot of great things in the comic comic book industry. So... From both of us again, thank you to Neil Adams. So now before we go, how can people get a hold of us on them, our social medias? Let's find out. First off, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Give us a like-ski on there. Give my fine self a like-ski. Facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. You can also find us on the Twitter machine at... The Marvelous. Give myself a follow at Peter Melnick. You can also find us on Instagram... At the Marvelists. Follow myself on Instagram at Peter Melnick and yourself at Eddie nine one nine three. You can also drop us a line in our email bag. Send us money. I guess that'd be cool. I don't know what love and affection, awkwardly written poems, pictures of animals like possums for me especially. Uh, Trash cats are cool, Eddie. Okay, but yeah, the Marvelists at Gmail dot com. Also, people, go on to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. Five star if you're ever, ever, ever so inclined. Helps out the Al Gore playing drums for how we can get a hold of us on iTunes. The Is that an Ant-Man Eddie. outtake somewhere? Algorithm. I made the joke in the episode earlier. Oof. Jeez, Eddie. Yeah, it should have stayed there. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> but you can also go on all iOS and Android devices with TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Podbean, and SoundCloud. And when you do, you're able to listen to them anywhere. Shows. On God's green earth. I don't even know what I'm doing now. Anyway, you can also find us on Stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. That didn't even make sense, but use the promo code at checkout, yeah? Marvelous. So nice, Eddie said it twice, also because I talked over him. And when you use that promo code at checkout, people, what you can do is help the show out. Help support with payment for hosting. Helps out for payment for being able just to go around and do this show. Ibuprofen. Stop that. Anyway. <laughs> that was good. I said cotton balls or earplugs. How rude, sir. But anyway. Breathman? Stop that. <laughs> But helps out with a lot of stuff, including things that Eddie will insult me with for another five seconds. Four. What? Three. Two. Two. One. Time's up. Oh. Anyway, so helps out with the show and all that good stuff. So, stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And like I said, when you sign up, you're able to use it and listen to a bunch of audio content. I actually didn't say what you can listen to. Mm-mm. You can listen to Wolverine the Long Night, which is Marvel's first foray into podcasting, serialized podcasting. I'm not talking about Frosted Flakes. I, we both jumped on that joke at the same time, I noticed. Wasn't mine to jump on, but <laughs> jump, forgive Jump me. in the line. Jump back. Oh, man, I believe you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Awful song lyrics from me aside... You can also, and Eddie shook his head, yes, yes, they were. But when you use that promo code, you help support the show. And it's only four ninety nine a month afterwards, but you are, you're not obligated to stay, I mean. 
So, stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And yeah, help support the show. So, for Peter Melnick, I'm a rambling ass. Whoa, how do you follow that up? <laughs> and I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of Obsessed with Marvel. Maybe because it's the third month of the year, we'll do three questions for Marvelous March. I don't know. Scandalous. Just a reduction from four from Fantastic February. You know, that's a costly surgery for that. It, oh, not if you have the right coverage insurance-wise. Just a copay. All right. Question number 2488. What was the name of Black Fox's beloved who was killed by Nocturne? Was it Martha? Mary? Oh, no. <laughs> Marion? Why do you say that name, Eddie? Or Miriam? That takes me back to the Who Are You segment. Ooh-hoo. And not Ooh-hoo. this time. Yeah. What was the name of Black Fox's beloved who was killed by Nocturne? Martha? Mary? Why do you say that name again? Marion? Or Miriam? And I'm in the dark on this one. Well, that goes with Nocturne, I suppose, so. Black Fox, beloved, uh, yeah. Well, just because I like to beat a dead horse, I'm going to go with Martha. You're going to go with Martha. Okay. Martha. Um, I, I, I shouldn't, but I'm going to go along with Martha. So here we go. It's my no. favorite Tom Waits song. The answer is D, Miriam. Okay, Black Fox, Nocturne, Miriam, got it. E equals MC squared. Okay. Down to the front of the book. So let's go. 223. Who was Colonel Nick Fury working for when the Fantastic Four first teamed up with Fury against the hate monger? Who was Colonel Nick Fury working for? The United Nations, S.H.I.E.L.D., the CIA, or the U.S. Army? Who was Colonel Army. Fury working for when the Fantastic Four first teamed up with Fury against a hate monger? United Nations, S.H.I.E.L.D., CIA, U.S. Army. I would think not S.H.I.E.L.D. And you're saying U.S. Army. What? You it sounded see, pretty... I read that issue not too long ago. You did? Okay. Shall I trust him again and go with D? Let's try it. No, it's not D. Damn it, Martha. The answer is C, the CIA... I should have taken some kind of guess, but maybe I will have to on this one. And it's number back to the front of the end of the book. Two, two, six, eight. How do we appreciate? Seven. So close. Yet, yet so, so far, far away. away. Really? Yeah, why not? I saw the musical. Holding notes going at the Carol King there. Quite almost like a traffic jam. Stop that. Accident. Two two six seven. Okay. Under what name did Sage, spelled S A Y G E, from Nova, first appear in another Marvel series? Under what name did Sage from Nova first appear in another Marvel series? Was it Tessa? Was it Kerr? K U R? Was it Veritas? Or was it Doctor Sun? Um, well, 
I can't say I've heard of any of the characters, but maybe yeah, Dr. Sun. They call me and Dr. Worm. The time frame, I'm not sure here, but it's under the cosmic characters section. Under what name did Sage from Nova first appear in another Marvel series? Tessa, Kerr, Veritas, Dr. Sun. I remember the character Dr. Sun from an issue of uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man from the 70s, I believe. And that's where I would be inclined to go, but... I'm going to go with that, too. Then D. No, it's not that. The answer is C, Veritas. But I always knew that as something else. That was a terrible hat trick, Eddie. It was. No hats about it. All right, sometimes you, you, you lose. Sometimes you feel like a nut. All across the board. We're out of here. Did you just turn Cajun? I guarantee.